Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I'm going to be teaching on prayer. Amen? Yes. Something that we, we need to constantly be fresh about. But I'm just going to just let you know ahead of time. I'm, I'm going to be teaching on the need to pray more than actual prayer itself. But uh, I just want to say something. Um, I, I don't know your name. I don't know if you come here. Is this your first time here? Second time. Um, when I was standing over there before, I, I looked over at you and the Lord said to tell you that he's going to restore everything back to you that's been robbed from you. Everything, everything in your soul, everything that's material things that have been robbed from you, things of that nature, he's going to restore you. So you just trust him and you stay close to him. All right? You got that? All right. Um, okay. Um, prayer. We must pray. Turn to somebody and say, you must pray. What is prayer? The dictionary defines prayer in a general sense, a biblical type of dictionary, as an act of asking for favor, uh, particularly with, with making a request in a very humble manner to address God uh, or a God, uh, we're talking about God Almighty tonight, with adoration, with confession, with supplication. Supplication is like um, presenting your case. You know, you ever have to go before God and present your case? Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of what prayer is about. Like, Lord, you know, you said in your word, you're going to do this, and I need this to happen here. And so, Father, you see the situation I'm involved in. You've seen uh, what's happening. You, you've heard the doctor's report. Uh, you, you, you know what's going on in my finances. Uh, you know what's going on in my family. And what is it? That's, that's presenting your case, okay? But when you present your case, we don't present our case uh, with just uh, moaning and groaning. You know, did you ever hear people pray like that? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, oh God, what? You think God, you can picture God in heaven and go, come on, oh God, what? Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Give him something to work with. Now, if it was, oh God, you said in your word. Now, there's a difference there. Are you getting this? Yes. And we're supposed to pray with thanksgiving in our hearts. Because if those of you that come up here tonight to receive prayer, I pray that you went back to your seats with thanksgiving in your hearts. See, because if you really truly believe that you can trust him and that he's going to work on your behalf, then you'll thank him. You don't have to wait until you see it. You'll, you'll have an attitude of thanksgiving. Father, I thank you that you're at work in my life. I thank you that you are perfecting those things that concern me. Father, I thank you that your word is true and your promises are real and you're faithful. Now, come on, the, 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 you know, a lot of you came up here tonight that had needs. And let's be honest with each other, we probably all could have came up here. Because we all have needs. We all have things for, for God to work on. You know, he's never going to be on the unemployment line. And prayer includes asking for things, asking for something. Uh, but it also, now listen here, let's just talk generally about prayer and then we'll talk about the need to pray. Uh, I, I think that some of us don't realize that the greatest type of prayer is worship. Yes. Amen. Worship. Amen. Yes. Because worship, we're just, 
we're just, Father, I, I, I love you. I, I, you have all in my heart. And uh, I, I just thank you so much for all that you've done. And Father, you are, you are so wonderful and you're faithful and you always keep your word. And you see, you see what's happening here? What are we doing? We're communicating, we're expressing from our heart our feelings. I'll never forget, gosh, at this point, um, we went to Tulsa 22 years ago. And the van we drove out there, Talk about an act of faith. <laughs> uh, it didn't have any air conditioning. The, the driver's seat was held up by a two-by-four to the back passenger seat. The bench seat in the middle had a piece of plywood here and a two-by-four that went this way to hold up the seat. And this is how we drove. So, so on the, you know, while we're there for those two years, I'm thinking ahead, you know, Lord, uh, we drove this out here, but it'd be nice if we didn't have to drive this back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. And so I'll never forget, Pastor Cap and I had gone to a, uh, a service on the other side of town. Uh, a gentleman, some of you that had been in the faith for many years might, might uh, recognize this name, T.L. Osborne. T.L. Osborne was a, a, a phenomenal missionary. He was the missionary uh, to planet Earth that God... Uh, assigned back in the 50s and 60s and 70s and then really just passed away just a few years ago. So we went to a meeting there. He was, he was having a service. He was having his preaching. And at the end, obviously, he received an offering. I only have five bucks. And I said, Father, I'm going to plant this five dollars. We need a van. Now you're saying to yourself, five bucks can't buy a van. Not in the natural. But I noticed this. A year went by and there's no van. One day, I happened to be home. I don't know what, what the reason was. There was nobody else in the house. And there was a little bedroom we had upstairs. This was a pretty large house. It was a five-bedroom house. And there was one bedroom upstairs that we really weren't occupying. Some of the boys were kind of like bunking together. And so I would go into that room. I had a little bit of table there. And it was like uh, the room for the prophet. You know, had a table, had a, had a lamp and one chair. That was about it. So I went in that room. And I just got down on my hands and knees. And I just, Father, I just want to thank you. I didn't come here to ask you for nothing. Tell you the truth, by that time I forgot about the van. And I said, uh, I haven't come here to ask you for anything. I just came here to thank you. I just want to spend time with you. And I swear to you, within 15 minutes I heard this on the inside, like somebody was standing in the room. Today you'll get your van. By 5 o'clock that night we had a van. Do you remember? By 5 o'clock that night. What happened? Don't, do not forget the part that praise and worship plays especially when you come to church. You see, there's something about when all of God's people get together. And, and, we, and, and listen, listen, listen. I know it feels uncomfortable to go like this in church. Okay? I know it feels uncomfortable sometimes. Especially the first couple of times I did. When I walked in, the first time I walked into a church like this was Easter Sunday of 1984. And I looked around and I said to myself, what the heck are they all raising their hands for? I had no idea what was going on. But you know what? I knew there was a power in that room that I had not experienced before. And so I'll never forget the first few times that I like. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And the freedom. And, the, and the, all of a sudden it was like there was no space left between here and heaven. I'm telling you, if you're not in the habit of lifting your hands during prayer, well, why do you do that? Because the Bible says so. We didn't invent that. 
if we invented it, it'd probably be something stupid like this or... <laughs> but God said that we're supposed to lift our hands to him in worship and reverence and honor and praise. That is a powerful form of prayer. And some of you are missing out on it. Because you're worried about what somebody's going to do. Who do you care? Let's practice that. Stand up right now. Stand up right now. And just, come on, just, just go for it. Just go for it. Now that feel good. Don't that, now that just stand. Now open your mouth. Father, thank you. We worship you, God. We praise you. We give you all the honor, all the praise, all the glory, all thanksgiving. It's all yours. We worship you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Now, if you could see what it looks like from up here. Go ahead. That's the way it's supposed to be. So we're talking about prayer tonight. And it's very obvious we're not going to finish it tonight. So let's just start it. Which I like that. That's okay because I don't have to prepare anything for next Wednesday. But can I just sneak this in? I love Wednesday nights. There's a special breed of people that comes out on Wednesday nights. And it's just, it's an awesome atmosphere. But let me, let me just tell you this, okay? We all create that atmosphere together. When we all cooperate with the music ministers that are up here, who are anointed of God to lead us into his presence. A tremendous atmosphere. That's why, see, that's why the Holy Spirit is so free to move. And, and make us sensitive to the needs of people that are here. So let's talk about prayer. Now maybe sometime, maybe, maybe sometime in the next few months, uh, I'll teach on prayer in depth and the different types of prayer because there are different types of prayer. And this is where people get mixed up because they try to lump all kinds of prayer together in the same thing and then I don't understand what it wouldn't work. Well, because you can't play basketball with soccer rules. There's certain things that you need in your life that require a specific type of prayer. There's sometimes when it's okay to pray, Father, whatever your will is. At other times when you need to remind him what his will is and what he's already told you he's going to do. Amen? But I don't want to get off on that because that, that's, I, I could teach on that for weeks. But what I want to do talk about tonight, let's start out in the Lord's Prayer. Okay? I remember the Lord's Prayer. Okay. <laughs> Give me Luke chapter 11. Now again, for those of you who have heard me teach this before, just go, wow, this is so good. Go ahead, say it. Okay, for the sake of those who maybe have not heard this teaching yet, all right? Because we're supposed to prefer our brothers over ourselves, yes? Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples, one who was probably very perceptive, said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Let's go. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. In other words, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Say this next phrase with me. On earth as it is in heaven. Next verse. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who's indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. Okay? So, so what do we have here? Let's just, let's just go over this real quick. Basic teaching here. 
on the Lord's Prayer and then we move on. This was never given to us as a prayer to pray over and over and over again. It is a pattern of prayer. Okay? And I know I've got some teachings out there from over the years of breaking the whole thing down. And so, but that's not where we're aiming to, to go tonight. But I want you to notice something. That the very reason for prayer, go back a couple of verses. Right there. The very reason that we're supposed to pray is so that the situation that you're dealing with on earth transforms and becomes as it is in heaven. You've got to get this. You go, well, of course. Yeah. We think we know this, but our ways of praying do not reflect that. Because if your prayers are going to change something that's on this earth to make it line up with what's in heaven, you've got to know what God's will is. And you need to pray God's will. If you're going to pray, but you're only going to reinforce what's already happening on earth, then that this, prayer, this model of prayer is never going to work. Well, how does that happen? Well, let, let me give you an example. If you're praying to God to change a health situation in your body, but you keep saying, I know I have this, and I know I have that, and I know I have this, and I know I have that, How's that going to change? Because you're reinforcing what's already on earth. You got that? How's it going to change? It can only change if you start acknowledging what's in heaven. If you start acknowledging God's plan. If you start acknowledging God's promises. Then you're changing what's on earth as it is in heaven. You got that? So, so stop talking about the problem. Stop giving it all the glory. Stop magnifying it. Stop obsessing over it. And start talking about what God says about the situation. Amen. Are you listening? Yes. And, and, while I'm out here on, on the end of this dock, I might as well go a couple of feet further. And stop whining. <laughs> stop whining. Stop grumbling. Stop complaining. And start thanking. Amen. Those of you that come up here tonight, please don't whine about your situation. Start trusting him. And, and, and what is the evidence of your trust? What you're saying. What you're saying. Say what God says. All right? Now, let's, let's, I want to talk to you tonight about what happens when we do pray and what happens when we don't pray. See, we think, well, it's just because we don't pray about something, it stays in neutral. No. No. There's a situation that I want to bring you to, and it's going to require me reading a bunch of scriptures tonight. Because isn't that what we're supposed to be? Yes. Okay. Supposed to be about the scriptures? Okay. Are we people of the word? Yes. Yeah. Are we people of the word? Some of you don't know. Are we people of the word? Okay. Joshua chapter 9. Now, let me give you some background here. By this point in history... They've already conquered Jericho. They come out, of, come out of Egypt. The Jews have come out of Egypt. They crossed through the Red Sea. They've gone through the wilderness. They're coming up. This is 40 years later now. Most of the people that came out of Egypt with them are dead. There's only two that are left in the original bunch, Joshua and Caleb. Okay? Joshua now is in charge of the nation. Moses has died. And so now they've, they've already gone through Jericho. They've crossed the Jordan. And they're on the other side. And you know what happens when we, get, when, we, when we see victories in God sometimes? We get sloppy. 
All right? We get sloppy. We think, yeah, you know, I'm all that in a bag of Fritos. And this is what happened. Let's go, Joshua. Now, Jericho's been destroyed. Another city named Ai, I don't know why they would put that name, but just Ai, <laughs> has been destroyed. And so now the word is going out to all the inhabitants of the area. Yes. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they worked craftily and went and pretended to be ambassadors. These people in the region of Gibeon, yes. which we're going to find out later, really comprises about five different cities. They get real nervous when they found Jericho got destroyed. Mm -hmm. Jericho's a big city. They said you could drive two chariots side by side just on the top of the walls. And then AI got destroyed. Well, guess what? Guess who they're coming for next? Us. Now, what, now if you're not familiar with the history now, God told them, I'm bringing you to this land. I've given you this land, but you're going to have to possess it. Yes. Amen. And so they had to fight some battles. And so now these people from this area give me and heard about what had happened. Heard about the Red Sea. Heard about the Jordan. Heard about Jericho. Heard about Ai. Amen. Yes. And so they got together and they pretended to be ambassadors. And they took old sacks on their donkeys. Old wineskins torn and mended. Old and patched sandals on their feet. Old garments on themselves. And all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua, to the camp at Gilgal, and said to him and to the men of Israel, We have come from a far country. Now therefore make a covenant with us. Make a treaty with us. Then the men of Israel said to the Hivites, Perhaps, this is the, you know, the nation of people they were, Perhaps you dwell among us. So how can we make a covenant with you? In other words, what if you're one of the ones that's the next city that we're supposed to go to? How can we make a treaty with you when God's already told us we're supposed to dispossess you? We're supposed to take your city. We're supposed to chase you out. But they said to Joshua, we are your servants. And Joshua said to them, who are you and where do you come from? Now, now watch this now. He's asking questions, but he's asking questions of the wrong people. So they said to him, from a very far country, your servants have come. Because of the name of the Lord your God, for we have heard his fame and all that he did in Egypt. Forty years later, they're still talking about what God did in Egypt. And all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan and Sion, king of Eshbon. In other words, how he destroyed all these other ones. Next verse. Therefore, our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke to us saying, take provisions with you for the journey and go and meet them and say to them, we are your servants. Now, therefore, make a covenant with us. In other words, make a treaty with us that you don't destroy us. This bread of ours we took hot from our provision, from our houses on the day we departed to come to you. But now look, it's dry and moldy. And these wineskins which we filled were new, and see, they are torn. And these are garments and sandals that become old because of the very long journey. Then the men of Israel took some of the provisions. Look at this. But they did, read it with me. But they did not ask counsel of the Lord. So Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live. 
And the rulers of the congregation swore to them. What are they doing? They're entering into a treaty that they got no business entering into. But what happened? Nobody prayed. And it happened at the end of three days after they had made a covenant with them that they heard that they were their neighbors who dwelt near them. They tricked them. Come on. Is that it? Then the children... Well, no, keep going. Next, do we have another verse after that? No? Do I have that in my notes? I don't. All right, let's stop there. <laughs> what do we have here now? Let's talk about this. You know, because we would never do anything like this. We would never make a major decision without praying. We're always in God's face. God, what do you want me to do? I'll uh, fast for six weeks and, you know, just show me. I'm not making a move, God, until you tell me. No, what do we do? We scope it out ourselves. We talk to the wrong people. They asked questions, but they didn't ask them of God. They didn't ask them of the very people that were trying to trick them. What do we have here? We have a lack of prayer. Now let me tell you what happens. After this, they can't get out of this. God won't let them get out of it. They made a covenant. They made a treaty. Now this isn't just a regular treaty. A covenant is an agreement with spiritual implications. They swore by their God that they would not take any action against these people. Now it gets better. Have you ever gotten yourself in a situation that you swore to and then later on you realize, oh, this was the biggest mistake I ever made. In the next chapter, Joshua chapter 10, they've realized they can't get out of this deal. We're stuck with these people. And in chapter 10, the Gibeonites are threatened with attack from five other kings who found out they just made a treaty with Israel. And guess what happens? Did they get nervous? No. They run to Joshua. Hey, uh, Joshua, remember us? Remember us, Gibeonites? Yeah, remember us? Hey, guess what? There's five armies that are going to attack us. Come and save us. Come and help us. And guess what? They had to. They had to. Why? Because they did not pray. I don't even want to ask for a show of hands of people in this room, including myself, that have gotten themselves involved in a situation that God was nowhere in it, and we didn't realize it until it was later, and we got stuck with a bunch of Gibeonites some of us for the rest of our lives. <laughs> now this, this, this story here, if, you don't, if it wasn't for that one line, and they did not take counsel from the Lord, this story would go, <laughs> look at how crafty they were. They took bread that was already dry and moldy. They took wineskins that were already cracked and, and probably leaking and, and, just to, and their garments were torn. Their sandals, probably one strap falling off and, and they're, they're trudging in there into the camp. Listen to me. In the day that we live in, you have got to pray that God gives you supernatural discernment in every relationship that you get involved with. With every job, with every, even, like people's, you know, pa pastor, we got this opportunity, I, ho I hope I'm not 
I hope I'm not stepping on anybody's toes tonight. You know, Pastor, I got this awesome, this phenomenal offer to move to such and such a place and, and this new job and, and all this other stuff. Okay, well, you, you're going to move to the other side of the world over here. And, and uh, is there a church there? Oh, I, I don't really know. Didn't think about it. Oh, you didn't think about it. Did you pray and ask God if you're supposed to? Yeah, yeah, but you don't understand. I'm going to like triple my salary. <laughs> But did you ask God? All right, you don't like that one. All right, let's switch. <laughs> Pastor, I met this person, and I, I really think this is the one. And it's just like, <laughs> well, are they, are they Christians? Are they saved? Well, you know, I don't know. They, you know, they mentioned God once. <laughs> but you know what? I really feel like this is God, you know, because they're, they're really hurting, and they really need me. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> But did you pray? And sometimes we don't pray because we know what God's going to say. Amen. Am I talking to somebody tonight? <laughs> Listen to me. When we don't pray, we set ourselves up to get tricked by a bunch of Gibeonites. If you're only looking at the natural which is exactly what they did. They looked at the dry bread. They looked at the tattered clothes. Yeah. They looked at the ripped sandals. They looked at the weariness. They probably threw dust on themselves before they even went there. They looked at the natural, but they never stopped to seek counsel of the Lord. You don't think the Holy Spirit would have said to them, oh, don't. they live on the other side of the hill. They live around the corner from you. Don't do it. But look at God, how he values covenant. And let, let, me, let me just say this. We better thank God that he values covenant because covenant is what we have with him through the Lord Jesus Christ. God is not a covenant breaker. They swore to their own harm and he held them to it. You listening? If I had another five minutes. What do you do in a situation like this? Because there's sometimes you can't get the Gibeonites out of the house. There's sometimes you, you, can't get the, you can't get away from the Gibeonites. Oh, Jesus. I just, real, I just realized what I said. Sometimes you can't get out of that relationship. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to let the situation torment you the rest of your life? No, God forgives. Amen. And, and listen, he already knew what you were going to do and knew that you weren't going to pray. So what do we do? Because I know there's some people that they live the rest of their lives in torment over a mistake that they made at a young age. And you can't do that. That serves no purpose at whatsoever. So we pray for God's grace. Yes. Number one, that we would have the spiritual wherewithal, the spiritual empowerment, the, the, the just discernment that the next time we're faced with a situation like this, we don't do the same thing. You know, I, I, could, if I could write a book just on this portion of my life. How many times I fell for this kind of stuff. I'll never forget one time there was a family years and years and years ago um, in the same church that we were in. 
And, and, and I didn't realize it at the time, but, uh, and I hope, you know, nobody in here falls under this category. But you ever, you ever have people in your life that they just go from crisis to crisis to crisis to... Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like if there was no crisis, they wouldn't know what to do. Now, I didn't know this because I had just met this family, so I didn't know the track record and the history of uh, crisis and crisis and crisis. So all I knew was that these people, had, their, their electric got shut off. And so I'm like, oh, I can't do this, man. This guy's got kids. And so, uh, you know, I went home one night. I didn't tell my wife. And uh, at that point in time, we, had, we, had it. we owned a two-family house on the other side of town. Now, I had the rent money from there to pay the mortgage in an envelope in the kitchen cabinet. And I went and took the mortgage money and gave it to these people to put the electric back in their house. So now, I don't have the money to pay the mortgage on the house. I've got to take that money out of our money. And so you know the domino effect, boom, 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 boom. And then to add insult to injury, once I got to know the family, then I knew why the electric got shut off. And I knew why it was crisis to crisis to crisis. And I knew why I better get these Gibeonites out of my, <laughs> out of my life. <clears throat> Are you listening to me? I, I can't tell you how many times we fell prey to that. And it was always, it was always, because, it was always because I was looking at the moldy bread and I was looking at the tattered shoes. And, and, and you know, we can fall for that stuff sometimes. And now listen to me. Listen, let's flip this on the other side because I don't want you to leave without the balance of this. There are times when God will make you aware of situations in a person's life. And there are times when God genuinely wants you to reach out and to help and to even to, even to sacrifice for another individual. But the difference is, did you pray? If you pray and God says, do it. But if you don't pray and you only go by what you see in the natural, you're on your own. So, now the key is this. Are you going to come back next week to find out what happens when we do pray? Yeah? I don't see everybody's hand up. Because I can't leave you like this. But next week, we'll come back. We'll review this. Okay? And hopefully, the Holy Spirit will give us the whole service next week. And so, um, then we'll talk about what happens when we do pray. And the blessing that that is. Amen? Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's Word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.